just sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailing man, the skipper brave and sure. Of course. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. Oh, really? A three-hour tour. Okay, why did I play a three-hour tour? They're set sail for a three-hour tour. And what ended up happening? It wasn't three hours. It ended up being about two and a half years on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Bob Denver, yes. Alan Hale used to have a seafood restaurant in La Cienega. Jim Backus from Cleveland. Love me. Oh, this is one of the later versions. Hi, everybody. It's the Check Your Brain podcast. I'm your pal, Tony. Thank you for listening. Yeah, it's one of the later episodes because I think Bob Denver had a clause in his contract or he had something he was hanging over the head of, maybe Sherwood Schwartz. I could be wrong about this and said that, you know, he would leave the show unless the professor and Marianne actually got credited Instead of saying, and the rest are here. Yeah. He's like, no, I no, put them in the, the cast. They're not the rest. I don't understand why they were the rest. I don't get that. Anyways, I wasted enough time already in this podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Tony. And why am I playing the Gilligan's Island theme? Because right now, the day I'm recording this, right, it is March 11th, 311 day. I should have been playing a 311 song. March 11th, which was... You know, if you look at it in history, of course, like I mentioned, my one of my favorite bands, 311, that I've seen in concert about 10 times. But also, it's a significant date because this was the time two years ago today. Now, by the way, if you're listening to this on Patreon, you're hearing this on March 11th. But if you're listening for free on Spotify and uh, Apple Playlists or Apple Podcasts and Google and everything else, you're hearing this on Wednesday the 16th. And there's significance when it comes to that, too. But I wanted to bring this stat up and the reason I wanted to do this podcast. So today, when I'm recording this, March 11th, the WHO declared COVID-19 a pandemic and changed the world. That was two years ago today. Two years later, at least six million people have died around the world. After a long period of loss, fear, and uncertainty, relief and hope are creeping back in. The U.S. had 38 confirmed coronavirus deaths and 1,300 cases nationwide on March 11th, but the reality was starting to sink in. Stocks tanked, classrooms started closing, people began purchasing and wearing masks. Since then, more than six people have died globally. Millions have been infected and recovered. People have thrown out, uh, been thrown out of work. Students endured the th uh, three school years of disruptions, and blah, 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 blah. So I wanted to do this podcast. I, I did one last year where I looked at a one-year anniversary of the COVID madness and hysteria that was going on. And I wanted to do a second part, see where how far we've come. And I got to say, come a lot farther than we were a year ago. Because I think when I did the podcast on this day in 2021, you're still seeing, even though there was a vaccine available, you were still seeing a lot of the lockdown measures that were going on, the restrictions, the masking, the social distancing. Schools were still closed. So if you think about it, other than a president and different messaging going on, coming out of the White House and into the media, there wasn't much of a difference. Now there is a difference. There's a big difference that's happened between 2020 and 2022 now. 
as opposed to 2020 to 2021. So I want to go back. I want to take us back a little bit and provide some of the facts and where we were two years ago and how far we've come now. So I'm in the state of Ohio. I'm broadcasting this out of Akron, Ohio. And I want to go back to where I was personally two years ago. So two years ago, I was in Carlsbad, California that week, March 8th through the, um, was it the 13th? And so, yeah, we were there Sunday to Friday. And the whole big thing for us was, uh, so I was working for a company. I'm not going to name them, but it was a promotional company. It was the last time I ever worked with them, by the way, just because the promotional company did two things. They entertained kids in schools and crowds. And those were the two things that were no, no, no in the last couple of years. So mm, didn't really work with them. So, and by the way, any of my coworkers, if you were listening, hi. I don't need a job right now. I just want to say hi. So I'm out in California. We flew out March 8th. And this is a couple of days earlier is when you start really hearing about this coronavirus. The coronavirus. It wasn't called COVID-19 yet. I mean, it probably was. No one knew it. They just knew of it as a or the coronavirus. So you started hearing things as early as the State of the Union, but we're talking about impeaching the president at that time and Nancy Pelosi ripping up the speech and everything. But it was mentioned as early as some, some places December, but mainly January of 2020. February, you heard it a little bit, but again, the way we treated diseases and viruses in the past in our new form of media was, hey, this is out there, but, and if it comes here, you know, there might be some hysteria and it goes away after a week. So fast forward to March of 2020. It's March 8th. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go back a little bit a little bit behind and March 3rd and March 4th and March 5th. I was going to a couple of concerts. Little did I realize those were going to be some of the last concerts I would go to for almost a year and a half. And I saw the band Tantric. I saw Three Dog Night. No one was wearing masks. There was no social distancing. I'm with a bunch of boomers seeing Three Dog Night. No one thought two things about it, even though Corona... They, the coronavirus, COVID-19, had been already out there. And it had been out there for several months. We didn't lock down. We didn't do any of that. So why did we lock down? Why did it get to that point? Well, let's get to that here in a second. So March 8th, we fly out from Cleveland to San Diego. And the whole big thing during that week leading up was wash your hands and don't touch your face. That's all you heard. You didn't really hear much about anything about masks. The only thing we knew about masking at that time was that if you saw them, they were the stereotype was that they were Asian people wearing masks because it was part more part of their culture than it is in America. So if you were in New York City on a subway or you would see on a plane, the only people wearing masks were Asian people. And what we had heard around that time when you started seeing a couple of other people wearing masks to protect themselves, the, what we were hearing was, it's if you're wearing a mask, it's because you are sick, but you have to do something. So I don't want my particles getting out there and infecting other people. So, But I have to go to work. I have to travel. I have to do this. So I'm going to put this mask on, and if I cough, it's going to be stuck in the mask, and it's not going to go through. And we'll get to you know, the efficacy of that and everything that's kind of come about from since then. So we had hand sanitizer and 
We land at the airport in San Diego. Name drop. As soon as I landed in San Diego, I got a nice text from Mark Price. Not the basketball player, but the guy who played Skippy from Family Ties. He's like, oh, I hear you're in California. Let's meet up sometime. Sure. But it was, again, don't touch your face and wash your hands. And that's what it was for the first few days until March 11th, two years ago today. And what was I doing? I was at Staples Center. That's what it was called at the time. What is it now? Staples. It's like Crypto Arena or something. What? Yeah, it's Crypto.com Arena. That's how long ago it's been. I went to Staples Center. And the year before, I went up to Los Angeles and went to the Comedy Store and the Ice House, and I hiked in the Hollywood Hills. It was really cool. And I wanted to do it again. And I thought, I'm like, so I rented a car, drove up I-5, and wanted to go to a hockey game because I had never been to Staples Center. I wanted to go to a concert, which was Soul Asylum and Local H at a great, great downtown L.A. venue called Terragram Ballroom. It's fantastic. And then you, and then there was the comedy store, and I had to go to the store. But I go up there. I'm driving up. I get some food. I'm heading to the arena, and that's when we find out, holy mackerel, Tom Hanks has coronavirus. Oh, shut the country down. Shut the world down because America's father has COVID now. Oh, well, you got to protect Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has it. And then Rudy Gobert helps shut the NBA down because he got COVID and passed it to Donovan Mitchell. And then Kevin Durant had it, and they were ready for a game, and they decided to stop the game because people were getting sick. But they weren't sick. They were asymptomatic. They just tested positive. They had it. They had the sniffles for two days, and that was about it. You're talking about the healthiest of and greatest athletes in the NBA. So they had to shut everything down. I still went to the hockey game. My coworker called me and said, do you think it's a good idea to go to a packed uh, venue to go see a sporting event? And I said, well, look, if the, if the world's going to shut down, I'm going out with a blaze of glory right now. And I did. I saw the uh, mediocre seventh-ranked L.A. Kings take on a seventh-ranked Ottawa Senators at the then-known-as-Staples Center in front of, like, 2,000 people. Stayed for a period, went to the concert, had a great time seeing Local H and Soul Asylum, then drove over to the Comedy Store in WeHo, West Hollywood. Stayed for a little bit, and I still had a two-hour drive back to Carlsbad, California, so I got in the car and left. Then the next day, we did a school event. We did one event. We were supposed to do four or five, and after the first one, there were rumors that they were going to shut California down. Why? Because in Ohio, they started shutting things down. Yes, my state. So if you thought, especially at the beginning, this is why I do not want memory hold, is at the beginning of the whole COVID madness and hysteria, it wasn't partisan. In fact, there were Republicans that were more cautious than Democrats at the beginning. Because if you remember, when Trump started talking about this coronavirus, the China virus, the Wuhan, the Kung flu. The Wu- so when you started hearing about him say the China virus or a virus that's coming from China, what did the Democrats do? They said, well, that's racist. You can't say that. In fact, go to Chinatown. Go eat dim sum. Hug a Chinese person. Nancy Pelosi was saying that. Chuck Schumer was saying that. Uh, I, I believe Bill de Blasio was saying that. So that was at the beginning. Oh, we don't want to be xenophobic and racist towards Chinese people if we call it the China virus. 
And that's what how it started. If anything, it was the Republicans, the rhinos, Larry Hogan, Mike DeWine, they were extra cautious. Mike DeWine was the first person to shut his state down. Remember that. The first thing he did was he shut down the Arnold Classic, the Arnold Schwarzenegger bodybuilding competition and, and expo that was down at the Columbus, the convention center in downtown Columbus. That got shut down. Then you started hearing about a lot of other events getting shut down. I know where I worked, my day job at the radio station, that we had a hunting and fishing show that we were sponsoring. That was gone. Football Hall of Fame stuff down where I live, gone. Then all of a sudden, it's like, uh-oh, they're starting to shut these events down. What's, what are we going to do here? Well, the first thing to drop was it was the Ides of March. Because I remember we flew back from California on the 13th, the morning of the 13th, and it was just really weird. And especially not only weird because of the COVID stuff, but it was weird because I have to cross time zones, so you're in the airport all day. So I'm crossing three time zones plus a four-hour flight to O'Hare, lay over there on a red eye, and then I get back to Cleveland, and I sleep sleep the whole day. Now, my wife at the time, or it was my fiance, she was at her bachelorette party in New Orleans. So she's down in New Orleans, and they're on Bourbon Street having a good time while everyone else seems to be really afraid. And as soon as they left, they shut Bourbon Street down. And then they go to Pensacola, Florida, and they're in, in the Florabama area. And then as soon as they leave, that gets shut down. Everything starts shutting down. So then May 15th, they announced that, yeah, we're going to close the bars and restaurants. Here's Mike DeWine. Dr. Acton uh, will be signing an order uh, that all bars in the state and all restaurants uh, will close at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, how long this order will be in effect, uh, we don't frankly know. And nor did he care. Um, it will be in effect as long as it needs to. And... Uh, Essentially, it was in effect for about almost three months. Now, why did they have to reopen? Well, there were a lot of people getting sued. or a lot of, There was a lot of litigious people out there saying, hey, by the way, I have a small business, and I can't operate with you shutting everything down. Well, while it's okay, we're going to shut the bars and restaurants down because, you know, there's a lot of people who are not essential workers. Not essential. You are not essential. We deem... Certain people to have essential jobs, but you aren't. You have a low-skilled job. Why don't you get an essential? I'll get to that in a second. But that's what the first thing they did is they shut the bars and restaurants down. And so you think for how long? And there were rumors that they were talking about, is it just going to be a couple of weeks? Is it going to be until Easter? What is it? So the next day, I'm back in Ohio. I go to my gym. I went to a Planet Fitness. And I'm on the treadmill, and sure enough, I see... Something weird was going on, and at the same time I saw on my phone that Mike DeWine is closing the hair salons and the gyms and everything else, barbershops, tattoo parlors, basically everything started shutting down about 3 p.m. on March 16th, which is the day the free people who are listening to this now is the two-year anniversary. And as I saw that, I'm watching the Planet Fitness workers shutting the TVs off. Things that uh, orders that we're issuing today that uh, Dr. Acton will be issuing. Uh, the following uh, will all be closed uh, as a business closed today. Our fitness centers and our gyms, bowling alleys, 
public rec centers, movie theaters, mostly already closed, uh, indoor water parks, indoor trampoline parks. And then it goes on. And basically everything but the grocery store and the liquor store closed during that time, from March until about almost June. And what Mike DeWine was saying there basically is, yeah, we're just going to close down because we don't, know, we don't know the spooky virus that's out there. We just don't know about it. We don't know. So we just got to shut everything down. Instead of what I said at the time, and I said it a year ago, and I've said it, I'm saying it now, is risk assessment. You assess your own risks. So they say, well, you know, gym's got to be filthy. No. Here, here's what's interesting about a gym. They can be filthy, but people don't want their gyms to shut down. They don't want their gym shut down again. So they're going to take extra precautions of cleaning up after themselves. In fact, the Planet Fitness I go to that I'm going to right after I do this podcast is clean as a whistle. I can eat off that floor if I wanted to. It's cleaner than my own home. <laughs> they don't want it closed. In fact, it's the healthiest thing you can do. The healthiest thing. But they started shutting everything down across the country. And it was, thank you, Dr. Amy Acton, the health director in Ohio, and Mike DeWine for putting par partisan politics aside and keeping us safe and being a leader. And I thought at first, I'm like, maybe he's trying to be a leader. And then you go, no. Now he's, he's, he's has a Napoleon complex and he's power mad right now. He's power mad. Now, how long was this going to last? That was the thing. A lot of people are like, you know, maybe if we gave it a week or two, maybe it's a week. It's no problem. No, just a, just a week, maybe two weeks. Look, it's middle of March. What if we reassess and reopen things in April? <laughs> then we started hearing about this thing called 15 days to flatten the curve because we didn't want the hospitals and healthcare facilities to be overwhelmed. We didn't want that. Who wouldn't want so overwhelmed because you don't want people lining up and you have to get turned away because of, because of COVID. You're like, oh no, there's too many people at this hospital. So then you have the Surgeon General that's talking about this 15 days to flatten the curve. What the heck does that mean? Absolutely. These new CDC guidelines that were announced this week say advise no gatherings of more than 10 people for the next 15 days. You've said we can do anything for 15 days, but but give it to us straight. Isn't this going to be longer than 15 days? How long do you think people should expect to be at home, essentially? Well, what you're talking about is our 15 days to stop the spread initiative. We're telling people that we really want them to avoid gatherings of 10 or more. We want them to avoid any unnecessary travel. Uh, we want them to work from home, if at all possible or not go in. Uh, and the reason why we framed it this way is because when we look at the data, uh, our numbers are where Italy's were two to three weeks ago. So we really have a choice to make right now as a nation. Uh, do we want to go the way of Italy and see our numbers increase rapidly? Or do we want to go the way of South Korea and China, who aggressively leaned in the mitigation measures and were actually able to level off their peak and are now seeing uh, significantly decreased numbers of cases? Yep. You know why? Because they put them in a police state. They said if you leave your home, you will get arrested. And what I've come to find out over the last couple of years is you have a faction of this country that doesn't mind that. You know, for all the same people who wanted to defund the police, 
oh, you know, the, the police need to be defunded. Oh, I can't believe this is happening. You're also the same people who want a police state and arresting people that you don't like because they said something online or they ventured out of their house without wearing a mask. That was going on. <laughs> you want a police state. You just don't, you just only want certain people to be under a police state. Incredible. 15 days to flatten the curve, though. And as Savannah Guthrie there said, it's probably not going to be 15 days, right? And he doesn't answer it. Of course, he's not going to answer it. And you knew darn well, I'm being, I'm not going to curse in this, but I'm going to try not to curse in this podcast. You know darn well that it wasn't going to be 15 days. Just, just 15 days? It's two weeks in a day. It's no big deal. You can stay home. Then all of a sudden it's April 1st. And people are wondering what's going on. They're like, are, are we, is this, is this what life is going to be? We're just going to, just going to be at home? And you started hearing stories about how Los Angeles, you know, the town I was just at. Los Angeles, all the smog cleared up because no one's driving anywhere. And isn't this a good thing? Electric cars. You know, we've cleaned things up right now. And you start hearing the good things. It's not unemployment, it's fun employment. And you're stuck at home. What, what's, what, why are you going to go anywhere? There's no reason to do anything. There's, there's a virus out there. It's spooky. Just stay home. Just stay home. Just You know what? How about you pour a glass of wine? I won't tell. You know, we're all in our Zoom calls right now. It's funny, by the way, how quickly Zoom popped up. I remembered hearing about Zoom before COVID, and it was just like it was Zoom video conferencing. And that was all you heard. I heard it in a couple of commercials, and that was about it. Then all of a sudden, Zoom seemed to work out for a lot of people. Boy, if you had stock. Boy, if you had stock in, in a Zoom in like January of 2020. Gosh, I wish I did that. But yeah, all of a sudden we had to readjust and do Zoom. And everybody's doing Zoom meetings and Google Meet and Skype and FaceTime and oh, well, and then we have Easter coming up and eh, can't gather right now. So we're going to have Easter, the Zoom Easter. Everybody, we're all getting together on Zoom. Hey, what'd you get in your Easter basket? Uh, nothing, because the stores were closed. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's incredible what was going on. I had never been angrier in my life than I was in April of 2020. Because I started hearing people. And what it is, is we call it the Zoom class, or the laptop class, of people looking down upon others. Where some were like, hey guys... I would like to leave my house and do something. I'm a little sick, of, sick and tired of being at home. I'm here. I let the. It was nice for a week. It seemed like a vacation. I let the dog out a couple of times. You know, my wife and I watched Netflix, but I think we watched Tiger King over and over and over again. I think we watched. We're caught up on Hulu and Amazon Prime. I kind of want to do something again. Can we get leave the house? And they said, No, you're bad. You're bad. You had Patton Oswalt. Saying like, oh, a bunch of Karens out there. You just want foot ruckers. You just want to go to a restaurant. Why can't you just stay home? Why can't why can't you just stay home? Just order food. Not everybody can afford food, especially the food that you used to get at a restaurant or or at a fast food place, where then you have to pay the driver, you have taxes added, you have a, a tip, everything like that. So your meal is now costing a lot more, even though gas at that 
point was like a dollar sixty, and right now, as I record this, it's upwards of four and a half, five dollars in a lot of places. But you know, supply and demand, of course. And that I was so angry because you started hearing the laptop class just kind of look down upon other people, where they're people have fallen off the wagon with sobriety, and they're wondering their their livelihoods were going away. And the laptop class, like, just get just get a job. Why can't you just get like a job where you can, you know, make margaritas at home or or this one it was wine with DeWine. This is a serious, honest to God thing that was going on in 2020 is that you had these these mothers that were at home. It wasn't just all moms, but Mike DeWine, our wonderful diminutive governor in Ohio, was what he was doing was he was doing two o'clock daily press conferences and briefings on what's going on with COVID. And at, at first, it was like, you know, the uh, the coronavirus is still spreading, and he uh, it's here. It's a spooky virus. That's why we need to keep shutting down. We need to keep at it. And here's Dr. Acton. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Amy Acton. You need to stay home. I don't care if your business is shut down and, you know, you've, you've fallen off the wagon and you're an al- you were an alcoholic. You were getting clean. But we're, we're just going to keep you shut down and uh, not tell you what we're going to do next or have any kind of pathway in order for things to open up. But hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Acton. Oh, isn't she wonderful? So we're doing wine with DeWine. So at 2 o'clock, you know, you turn your Zoom off, you're working. Maybe I'll maybe I'll pour it. Let's see. Am I thinking red or white today? I'm thinking red. Maybe some Merlot. They got a nice nice Merlot. And I'll watch this daily press briefing from the governor and the health director. And to the point where somebody made a Laverne and Shirley like cartoon of them prancing around like, oh, it's just they're like a husband and wife. It's like a sitcom. Like, yeah, no. No. No, it's not a sitcom. In fact, it's it's there's nothing funny about what was going on. And people's livelihoods that were being destroyed actively. And people wondering about, okay, if they don't have a job that's considered essential, then you have morons like Andrew Cuomo. Hey, remember him? Remember he was the gov- he was America's governor for a little bit. Because Andrew Cuomo would go on with his brother and do this Smothers Brothers, Abbott and Costello-like uh, routine on CNN, which of course now we know is conflict of interest. He goes on CNN every day and, you know, they're doing this thing about... Uh, nasal swabs and Q-tips and everything. It was embarrassing. So then a reporter asks him about essential work. That, is there a fundamental right to work if the government can't get me the money when I need it? Is there yeah, a you fundamental want to go, by the way, right you want to go to, go to work? work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. What a moron. What a moron. How out of touch do you have to be? Oh, you oh, what you you want a job? Then be an essential worker. Yeah, that's easy enough. That's easy enough. There's a lot of people who, you know, make your food, you know, your Fuddruckers at Pat Oswalt, that aren't considered essential. What do you I mean, anything from a longhorn in an outback steakhouse to your local favorite restaurant usually had a staff of insert number. Then all of a sudden now it's reduced to somebody at the door somebody making the food, and then maybe a, a manager who's working part-time because no one's ordering. No one's coming into the restaurant because everything's shut down. In April and May of 2020, this is what you dealt with. You had, I mean, there wasn't a lot of cars on the road. 
The gyms were shut down. The bars and restaurants were shut down. There's no comedy shows. There's no concerts. There's no ball games. There's nothing going on. There is nothing going on. The only thing you can do is drink. How about that? I mentioned sobriety. I knew a number of people who were sober going in and saying, you know, they did dry January in 2020 and they were feeling good. Then all of a sudden their work gets cut out and they don't know where to turn. So what did they do? They fell off the wagon because they're like, look, this is this is miserable. And I said it at the time. I said it and I predicted all this. I predicted every single thing that was going on. And I'm not I'm a more I'm a stand up comic who does radio or a radio guy who occasionally does stand up comedy, whatever I want to be. Just imagine like Kamala Harris would say. And I predicted this. What about the overdose rates? What about the fact that we knew pretty early on, and I mean very early on, not the science has changed. We knew really early on that this virus was affecting people which had multiple comorbidities. So when you talk about that risk assessment, if you're a 95-year-old who's had recovered from cancer, probably not the best idea to go to the grocery store. But if you're 27 and you're in pretty darn good health, you don't have diabetes, you haven't had cancer, you don't have lupus, you don't have any of these other comorbidities, why not go to the store? Why not go to a restaurant? What's the problem with that? And they decided, no, we need to, we need to have the young people sacrifice for the older people instead of what it used to be. You know, in normal times where you would have adults, whether it's baby boomers, Gen X, or even the generation before, that would protect the children. Instead, it was the children had to protect the adults. Thank you, boomers. We have to protect you. You're a protected class in the, in the 50s and 60s and 70s. And then now we have to protect you again? No, no. Didn't ascribe to that at all from the beginning. You want, essential, you, you want a job, be an essential worker. Great. So what happened? Why, why did things end up reopening? Because there were a lot of lawsuits. Lawsuits all over the place by saying you are taking away our right to own a business and to do basically do anything. We're in the red right now. We can't, we can't keep this together as a people. It can't, it, like, I, I, I'm a small business. I, I own a hair salon. I own a tattoo parlor. And we're shut down. And we're not getting response from the government. Well, by the way, while Darden Restaurants, who owns Olive Garden and Red Lobster, was getting massive bailouts, well, we couldn't even get any, a measly $600. $600. Sending money overseas. But we're not taking care of our own Americans. And that was, that was really, really sad. And that's one where actually people should be coming together. Instead, it became a political volleyball that we just kept lobbing back and forth. So things started reopening slowly in late May, early June of you know, of 2020, at least in my neck of the woods. They were shut down more in bigger blue cities. Well, why were things kind of reopening right there? And, and like, what, like what was going on? Uh, that was George Floyd time. So George Floyd dies, and now you have massive riots in Minneapolis, in Los Angeles, in New York, in Cleveland, Ohio, and all these other cities, just like after Rodney King. Riots on the streets of Miami, riots on the streets of Chicago. And that was going on, and that's where I think a lot of people did wake up, because 
You have an, you had a lot of people, even conservatives. People you don't realize this. There were a lot of conservatives, Trump people, that were concerned about COVID too. But then when they noticed that the change in messaging was going on, you know, the science change. And when you heard Dr. Fauci and Robert Redfield uh, from the CDC telling people that COVID is dangerous, but racism is a public health crisis. Racism is deadlier. And encouraging people to leave their homes and protest in front of tens of thousands of people. You're protesting for George Floyd. You're protesting for black trans lives. You're protesting for this, this, and this. And they said it's okay. So I'm like, well, wait, 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 wait. You're going to tell me playing cornhole with three of my friends on a patio outside of a restaurant is bad. Because that's what Mike DeWine did. He was waving, wagging his finger one night. when the, the night they reopened the bars and restaurants in Ohio, he's like, you people shouldn't be, you need to social distance six feet apart. Which, by the way, six feet apart was BS. It was all BS from the beginning. And I'll get to that in a little bit as well. But Mike DeWine is really angry. You, how dare you? How dare you go and have fun? <laughs> and what happened? The next day, protesting, and he's got to go, I, I guess wear a mask maybe? Because they couldn't say anything. They didn't want to look racist. That's what it ended up turning into. It was racism as a public health crisis, and you, we can't discourage people from peacefully protesting unless, you know, you're in certain areas like Kenosha, Wisconsin, where it's a fiery but peaceful protest happening. So that was going on in June of 2020. So there was a little bit of time where COVID took a back seat. COVID blew a 3-1 lead to racism in June of 2020, which is, of course, when I got married. So we didn't have, I had my bachelor party and I had uh, my wedding. Everything was fine, you know, scaled down wedding. We had, we had it the next year, but then all of a sudden, by July, we, well, here, here, here's the big one. So when the protests started dying down, we started seeing numbers of COVID start to pop up. Hmm. Gee, I wonder why. Could it, is causation, correlation, like, what are, what are we doing here? Could it have been the, you know, 40,000 people gathering together, huddled together, chanting and shouting? And then all of a sudden, about two weeks later, we got a big spike in COVID cases. Also, by the way, it's summertime and people don't want to be in the oppressive heat and they go back inside, you know, where the coronavirus likes to hang out. Could that have been the problem? Oh, wait, no, they blamed it on the bars and restaurants again because it, it was such an easy scapegoat. And by the way, I believe this. I believe government figures do want bars and restaurants shut down because where in the pre-social media days did people gather and complain about their government and complain about city workers? It was at your local pub. Hence why a lot of what was going on with prohibition, shut the, shut the gin mills down, shut down the brothels and all that. Well, that was probably a different story. But the, I don't believe government figures want to deal. They don't, they don't want the bars and restaurants because that's where people gather and complain about their government. So then all of a sudden, yeah, by July, you start hearing things pop up like, Mask orders in a lot of states were putting mandatory masking. If you are going, it started out in Ohio, it started out county by county based on case rates. And then they decide, now we're just going to go statewide. Uh, the jury's back. The verdict's in. Uh, mask work. It's the reason why no, Governor Mike DeWine. Uh, okay. 
Klein is calling for a statewide mask mandate. Come Thursday at 6 p.m., masks will be mandated in all Ohio counties. The governor says it's clear. Masks are helping to stop the spread in counties where they are no, already not. mandated, like Cuyahoga County, a red county. Our preliminary data. Okay, uh, no, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stop right there before I get too angry and start cursing. So you're seeing people walk outside with masks on, which you still see to this day. And he made the, the masks mandatory. So anytime you walked into a restaurant, a bar, a, a grocery store, any place. And, and then it, it got to the point where it ends up – what we know now about these masks. Why did a surgeon wear masks? Because I, I would get this when I would complain about and talk about how masking didn't work. They said, well, then why do surgeons wear masks? Because it's to stop droplets. If they're operating on you and you're open, you don't want their germs tripping inside your wounds. That's what was going on with the, why they wear masks. It's not to stop respiratory transmission. It was never the case. So let's talk about masks. So that ended up being the big thing that was going on through the rest of 2020 and into well into 2021. And into 2022, by the way. So let's talk about masks. Let's talk about this for a second. Because I, I have a couple of things I wanted to mention here. So when we mention about what was happening with the masking, because you and, and not, not only just masking, but it's the restrictions in general, too. These restaurants and these stores, they had to do anything they can to stay open. And it wasn't so much that people would complain, but they would have the goons of the governor stop by and issue citations if you weren't keeping everything up to snuff. And so what they did is they're like, okay, well, we got to do whatever we take. So we got to put the stickers on the floor and, you know, stand six feet and then six feet behind. Because, you know, COVID doesn't transmit side to side. It only transmits back and forth. So you would stand on that sticker and wait in line with your mask on. And then also, if you're at a restaurant that did just reopen, you have the plexiglass. Just a little piece of plexiglass just to make sure. Now, again, this is a respiratory virus. The mask doesn't work with it, and especially as the variants have gone on, whether it's Delta or Omicron or in all the future, they're going to be more transmissible and less deadly, which means those masks you're putting on your face are like I think somebody coined it a couple of years ago by saying that it's like trying to trap mosquitoes with a chain link fence. It's not going to happen. You'll stop droplet transmission, fomite transmission. Sure. Sure. I'm I, I'm not denying that. But as far as breathing and you have COVID and you're wearing a mask, it doesn't matter. It's already out there. And especially transmission outdoors is non-existent. It's indoor transmission that this was going on, but you'll still still see nutcases wearing masks outside. So, but the, but a restaurant had to do anything they can to stay open. They're like, look, we need to pay our employees. We need to do this. We'll we'll wear the mask. We'll do this. Whatever we need to do. So that was what was going on through the rest of 2020. And so you had a presidential election, and then Trump loses, and Joe Biden becomes president. And a lot of people wondered what they were going to do with COVID after that. Are they going to, now that the president, now that Operation Warp Speed started happening and we're rushing production of vaccines as late as, or as early as November and December of 2020, that is the vaccine going to be our path to freedom, our path to back to normalcy? 
And I think a lot of people figured that all this COVID hysteria was going to be done as soon as Joe Biden takes office in January of 2021. No, did not happen. That was not the case. The case was they realized that they can continue this song and dance because a lot of their followers and a lot of people are just like, okay, yeah, no, we're going to keep it going. And you had Fauci and you had Rochelle Walensky from the CDC saying, even if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear a mask. We still need to protect others. You know, 15 days to flatten the curve. Where's that? Oh, wait, no, we're at uh, 365 days to flatten the curve. We're a year into it. And that's what we, what had been going on. And it continued. And people were wondering, well, wait a second. I thought the vaccine is our path to freedom. And they're like, eh, we don't know yet. We, we were, not, we're, we're still in the early phases of these vaccines. And then it ended up being the great, uh, instead of how's the weather today, in 2021, it was, did you get the Pfizer or did you get the Moderna? Or did you get the one-shot J&J? Oh, it ended up being elevator small talk. Ugh. God, that ticked me off. But then all of a sudden, now it's we're getting towards April and May. And the weather's starting to warm up. Cases are starting to fall a little bit. And they were wondering where we're going to go now. Because it's like, wait a second, how long are we going to really keep this going? Biden's been president for a couple of months. People are getting vaccinated. The summertime is about to come about. We can't keep doing this, this COVID stuff the whole time, can we? Where is our exit ramp? When are we going to leave this? Well, things started turning in you know, last May, and then it continued into July. And I think a lot of that was when Dr. Fauci who was on every MSNBC and CNN, ABC, NBC, everywhere, but basically Fox News and Newsmax. He was everywhere. Oh, well, you know, uh, you got to wear your mask, uh, get your booster, get get vaccinated. Uh, we need to, we need more people. Uh, vaccine rates are still low. Uh, we need to get the vaccine in the communities. And uh, okay. Well, Dr. Fauci, I want to know about this uh, gain of function research. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress. I've never and lied. And I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain-of-function. Well, uh, those are lies. Those are lies. And he's he's using semantics games as well. But that was what was going on. But that started in May. So that clip is from July of 2021. But this started in May is that Rand Paul started really beating on Fauci about this gain of function stuff. Then all of a sudden, not long after, here comes the CDC on, Mar on May 13th. To go, hey guys, uh, if you're vaccinated, you could probably take your masks off. Now, I want to be clear about what the CDC, CDC is saying and what the CDC is not saying. The CDC is saying they have concluded that fully vaccinated people are at a very, very low risk of getting COVID-19. <laughs> Therefore, if you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Oh. Let me repeat. If really? If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. 
Thank you, Joe Biden. So if you're fully vaccinated, because the chances, if you are vaccinated, of getting COVID-19 are so minuscule, just tiny, it's not going to happen. Funny how that works. Funny how that all worked. Because how, how many times did you hear around that time in May and June of July and even earlier? Well, you know the people. It's, it, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Are you vaccinated? Well, you're not going to get COVID. It's not happening. You had Rachel Maddow talking about it. You had Rochelle Walensky. You had Kamala Harris. You had anybody out there saying like, look, if you get vaccinated, it, it's, I mean, this is now, it's like Passover. It's putting the lamb's blood on the door. You're not going to get it. The only people are getting it are those nasty old unvaccinated, the unwashed in our society. They're the ones who are getting sick and dying. Not us, because we're the good people. Interesting. Interesting. Well, then what happened a few weeks later? They take the mask ma mandate off in Ohio. It was uh, June 2nd. I stopped wearing my mask weeks earlier, but June 2nd is when they lifted it. So we went out and had a good time without masks and restaurants. And then I went to a concert a couple of days later, and it was, it was wonderful. Wonderful time. Then this thing called the Delta variant pops up and put those masks back on. Now, in Ohio, the usually feckless GOP in Ohio uh, surprisingly had orders that stripped the sweeping health mandates that a governor can make. So he couldn't do anything. So he had to lift it. He had to lift the mask mandate. And so that was going on. So I had my second wedding without masks and everyone had a good time. And they, but then they kept scaring people with this possibility of a vaccine passport. And we heard about it in New York, the Excelsior Pass. And it was floated out there by saying there might be a time where in order to go somewhere, you're going to have to show proof that you have been vaccinated. And that was as early as you were hearing this in March and April of 2021. And there was a lot of pushback from people saying, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Uh, look, I'm vaccinated, but I don't think we should be mandating. I don't think we should force it on other people. And it kind of went away for a little bit. But then Delta came in. And then all of a sudden they started saying, yeah, no, uh, we're going to start requiring via OSHA that you're going to, if you're a business that has over 100 employees, you are mandated to have to have all your employees vaccinated or they have to wear masks the whole time and test once or twice a week and subject to firings. Now, I'm not going to say where my wife works. I'm sure, people could probably figure it out. But at my wife's place of employment, the company put a, uh, un unless you get an exemption and they have, and you have to jump through like 18,000 hoops in order for this to happen, that you have to get vaccinated or else they're going to give you a deadline. If you don't get the exemption by that deadline, yeah, bye. Doesn't matter how long you've been working there. I've heard a lot of people who were working in places for 30, 40 years that they said, yeah, I'm not going to get this vaccine. They said, goodbye, sayonara, get an essential job, you son of, never mind. I'm just going to curse. I'm not going to curse right now. So then we started hearing about this, and I've been talking about this since almost the beginning, of natural immunity. 
Natural immunity. Data from what, what is natural Indiana immunity? The Department of Health now shows that more than a quarter of the state's COVID cases occurred in the past month and a half. And with so many people infected in this recent wave, there have been some questions about how long your natural immunity will protect you. Okay, so that's, well, it, that, that's from 2022, though. But the question of natural immunity, how long? What's the efficacy of the vaccines versus natural immunity? And we started hearing about, you know, is it 90 days? Is it 60 days? 120 days? Is it forever? Who knows? But you start hearing the propaganda from the vaccine pushers in 2021 that says, yeah, there, there might be some science to natural immunity, but you should still get vaccinated. You say, well, what, I've had it. I've had COVID. In fact, I did get COVID. I had it for a couple of days and I was, was recovered. Everything was fine. It's okay, right? You can have, you get COVID. Remember, and by the way, this is the, the greatest part about the COVID stuff is that if you announced on publicly on social media for whatever stupid reason, oh, sad to say this, but I've, I've been so very careful and I got COVID. I can't believe it's happening to me. At the beginning, when you would say that you had COVID, people are like, it's because you went to a party because you were selfish because you're an anti-vaxxer and masker and probably a Trump supporter. <laughs> then all of a sudden, your favorite people, yes, uh, the uh, ever so careful in life, all got COVID. And they're like, guys, we shouldn't shame each other for getting it. It's going to happen. That's how viruses work. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have shamed people for getting it in the first place and calling them Nazis and everything. But that's, that's what we did as society. Natural immunity. So how long does that last? How long does the natural immunity last? And there's something to be said about natural immunity that we're not allowed to say because then you start getting thrown off of YouTube and you're thrown off Twitter and you're thrown off of Facebook and you're thrown off everywhere that you have to open your own uh, you know, side account on, uh, well, at the time, it was Parler, and then Parler got shut down after January 6th, basically, because of AWS. But then you had, you had to go to these certain places. You had to open up a Getter account. You had to open up a Rumble account or Odyssey in order to actually say things that are actually proven in science and not corporate science, not theater. And that's what was going on. But you start seeing this this term about you know following the science and comorbidities then we start finding out huh basically everybody who is dying of this had comorbidities there's virtually nobody and i say virtually because I, i'll leave a couple of anecdotes out there but for the most part and when i say the vast most part the people who are dying of covid whether it's today whether it was two years ago are people that had over three and four comorbidities, meaning that they're overweight, they are, they have never been very healthy, they had illness, they're old. And even in children, when you're when they were masking toddlers and forcing five-year-olds to get shots in their arm of a virtually unproven vaccine at the time, and still still going on, gene therapy, whatever you want to call it, that kids are have no risk. But the teachers unions wanted to shut schools down and you know, well, you're gonna, the kids are going to infect the teenage, or the teachers. Well, kids are always germy anyways, but how many kids have died of COVID? How many kids, out of everybody who's gotten it and died, how many children between 0 and 18 have died? The number's under 1,000. And you say, well, that's still a lot. No, it's not. Because all of those kids had comorbidities. 
all those kids were unhealthy. And there was some, again, any death is terrible. It's obviously a tragedy. But you can't shut the world down because of that. You can't do that. You can call me selfish. You can call me heartless when I say that. But every one of those kids who ended up dying had something happen to them. I remember it was in maybe May or June of 2020. I think it was like May, April or May, actually, because I remember my gym was still closed and I was running. And I saw a story. This is how they framed it. Perfectly healthy 27-year-old woman gets her dream job at Glamour Magazine, whatever it is, and she ends up dying of COVID. Sad thing. That's just terrible. The horrible tragedy, a perfectly healthy 27-year-old. Then you scroll down like 18 paragraphs and you see the photo of her and she's over 400 pounds. You go, what do you mean perfectly healthy? That's not healthy. You are dying. What you're doing, I mean, you you have made the choice. You don't have to be 400 pounds. Yes, some of us are pre predetermined to be skinny or fat or r- relatively around another uh, around a decent weight. You don't have to go to Dunkin' Donuts and, and Starbucks every day. You can eat kale. You have those options. Even if you don't have that kind of money, you can find a way to balance exercise with a better diet. So I started hearing about a lot of these stories. Here's one, fat acceptedness. <clears throat> I'm going to pull this, up, pull this up right now. This is from January of 2021. Um, this is in the Daily UK Daily Mail. Row over new plus-size Cosmopolitan cover as magazine is accused of glamorizing obesity during the coronavirus crisis. But model says health is whatever you want to call it. And it's a woman named, uh, I think it's Jessamine Stanley, I believe her name is, who I've actually interviewed her before. She's very nice, very nice lady. But she is an obese woman who does yoga. That's I've, great, you do yoga, that's fine. You are a morbidly obese person and you are because of how woke you are, health is whatever you want to call it. No, it's not. It's not whatever you want to call it. Now, I can sit here and go, what is healthier? Me eating a large, big Buford from rallies or eating a banana? Now, I can justify all I want by saying, well, still there's meat and I'm getting protein. You can justify all that all you want. It's not the case. So what we were doing was, we because just like with what happened earlier in 2020, this woke nonsense continued, and it continued through COVID by saying, oh, no, racism is a public health crisis, so we need to gather in packs of 10,000 to 50,000 in the streets to protest for this during the height of a pandemic. And then you hear story about glamorizing, and not just obesity, morbid obesity, Well, who are the people dying of COVID right now that are under 80 years old? Morbidly obese people, people who don't take care of themselves, who haven't been to the gym since they were in high school. That's what, but it was glamorizing because you got to be woke. It was incredible that this was happening. This is healthy. No, it's not. So you want to talk about the people who want to follow the science. I'm sorry, but following the science means keeping the gyms open so you can lose a little bit of that extra pounds. Instead of 15 days to flatten the curve, how about 15 pounds to, sh- to, you know, to shed from your body? <laughs> That's what it should have been. But we glamorized DoorDash, and we glamorized the liquor stores and getting fat and watching Netflix instead of being healthy. 
Remember, there was a whole thing where they were shutting the beaches down. Shutting beaches. There was that moron the gr who dressed up as the Grim Reaper. He's some far-left activist uh, attorney down in Florida. I think his name is like Daniel Ufelder. And he would dress up as the Grim Reaper. And, of course, the media, who are all left-wing anyways, started interviewing him. And he's like, you know, there's people here that they are trying to bring death upon people. When in reality, going to the beach is probably one of the healthiest things you can even do. Think about it. When you go to a beach, you're more than six feet away from the other towel, right? Who wants to be next to each other that close? No, you spread out when you're at the beach. You're getting sun. You're getting fresh air. Maybe you're going in the water and you're swimming laps. It's the healthiest thing you can do. And you had these these areas that were shutting beaches down. In California, they shut the beaches down. In California, they poured sand inside uh, uh, skate parks. So now the skaters, they're, all, they're just going to get pizza and smoke pot at home instead of smoking pot at the skate park. The worst part is they shut the playgrounds down. They put a, a caution tape around playgrounds and were arresting parents who were tearing up the tape. Arresting parents so their kids can go out and do something. Can go down a slide to play in a jungle gym. What are you doing to children? Then I just saw this one a couple of weeks ago. That they're still having masked employees at Disney. And this little kid sees Winnie the Pooh. And wants to give Winnie the Pooh a big hug. And the employee has to go, no, 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 we're not doing hugs right now. You COVID, COVID. What are you doing psychologically to kids? Incredible. Hmm. So let's go to today. As here I am almost an hour into this podcast. A very long podcast. I don't care. I'm doing a Joe Rogan-like podcast. So we've demonized people who've questioned COVID measures and restrictions and, um, you know, Joe Rogan getting COVID last year. And, oh, he took ivermectin. It's horse medication. No, it's not. It's not. It's not, has never, yes, you find, just like the fish tank cleaner had hydroxychloroquine, which ended up being a hoax too. That was another one where, oh, well, they took it because they're big Trump supporters. No, the woman gave her husband fish tank cleaner to kill him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unfriggin' believable. But that's what was going on. So where are we at right now? March, I'm recording this March 11th of 2022, and left and right, uh, the, well, with the first of the month, wasn't it, it was March 1st is when Joe Biden had his State of the Union, his first State of the Union address. And by then you started seeing even left-wing places like Washington, Oregon, California drop their mask mandates and their vax mandates and Kids don't have to wear masks in schools anymore. New York City dropping left and right as well, with the possibility that they can reimpose them whenever they want to, you know, when they're losing a little bit of power. The, F, uh, the FAA continues their mask mandate at the airports and on planes that it was extended from, it was supposed to end on March 18th. It's going to extend another month. We'll see. I'm sure they're going to want to keep that power trip going. So where are we at today? Well, since then, we've had Omicron, and Omicron basically infected everybody else who didn't get COVID before, including my parents. My mom, vaccinated. My father, not vaccinated. Both got COVID. And actually, my mom, who's not in as good of health as my dad, 
didn't do as well. <laughs> so, just saying. Just saying. Everybody, then, then people got COVID in December and January. They got Omicron. Then by February, the numbers really ticked down. Why? Because it wiped through the population. And you couldn't justify keeping these measures going and these vax passports when it doesn't really matter if you're vaccinated or not. You're still going to get it. In fact, I'm going to give you another example. Who is more... Who is more the biggest risk to a crowd if you go to a concert? Say you're going to your local concert venue and you're next to people. The guy who is wearing his mask and got vaccinated but hasn't gotten COVID or the guy who isn't wearing a mask but already got COVID, recovered from it, and has a natural immunity but isn't vaccinated. Who's the bigger threat there? Well, it depends on who you talk to. Now, the real answer, if you actually follow the science, is the guy who's not vaccinated but already recovered from COVID, then the vaccinated guy who hasn't gotten COVID, who could still get COVID or have it and spread it. Amazing. So where are we at right now? We have the end of uh, vaccine mandates and mask mandates, especially, like I said, in New York City. The pandemic death toll is on the verge of eclipsing 6 million people. Johns Hopkins University says more than 5,997,000 people around the world have now died of COVID. The pandemic is entering its third year, as many states now consider COVID to be an endemic similar to the seasonal flu. In the tri-state area, many of the rules put in place during the pandemic are rapidly changing. In fact, starting tomorrow, the city's indoor vaccine mandate will officially be lifted. And as CBS 2's Kevin Rincon tells us, kids won't have to wear masks in school. Oh boy, kids could take your masks off. But they're going to keep the masks going a little bit. I've noticed that. They still want to wear them. Cynthia Nixon, of course. She says, for my, for my family, a return to normal means feeling safe enough to participate in activities. When New York City Mayor Eric Adams throws out the most simple and effective safety measure, masks, our family's return to normal takes an enormous step backwards. Thanks, no thanks. Hashtag mask up with a mask emoji. That was on March 4th. And of course, she just got back from a vacation where she was maskless outside of the country. Isn't that funny? But some people are just going to wear them the rest of their lives. Now, I, I've worn my mask a couple of times. A couple of times since our local mandates dropped back in June of last year. And that was because I had to go to a couple of places that were – I had to wear it at work for a seminar, and I was on a plane. And that's about it. I'm not wearing it. I'm not – because what it's like, what's the big deal? It's just a mask. It's just a vaccine. It's just 15 days to flatten the curve. It's just shutting your business down. It's just this. It's just this. It's just this. Then you wonder how far we've gotten. They don't do sweeping changes. They do incremental changes, and now you don't know. You're like, whoa, I'm way offshore. I can't believe this happened to me. So, but people are going to wear masks the rest of their lives. This is from Ian Miller. It says, Washington, D.C. announced that kids are going to be forcibly masked for the foreseeable future. New York City is continuing mandates for two to five-year-olds. An L.A. teachers union is fighting to keep school masking. This is the danger with allowing them to continue pretending it works. Uh, <clears throat> Vinay Prasad, MD, MPH. It was bizarre when the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CDC defied the WHO and recommended masking two through four-year-olds. But it's even weirder that municipalities and schools are dropping the masking five, to five and up, but keeping two to four. It's deranged behavior. 
Two people emailed me Michigan State University's new mask policy. Students must wear masks in class, yet nobody has to wear a mask with 15,000 people at a basketball game. Policy set by president who is an ID doctor. Can someone confirm surely this must be a joke? Yeah, because it's all a joke. It's all a joke. But you're going to see people wearing them, including at the zoo. Uh, this is at the, let me see, Essex County Zoo. Says, our animals aren't vaccinated. Help us keep them healthy. Masking is required indoors, and masking is required at animal attractions, giraffe feed, pony rides, and goat feed. So we don't want to get the, the animals sick from COVID. <laughs> Even though I don't know one case of an animal who died of COVID spread from an, a, a, a human being. They, they've had like five examples. They had like a gorilla and maybe a giraffe and, and a cat. It was like it was virtually nobody and none of them died none of them died of covid who cares but you're gonna have people again wearing wearing masks the rest of uh, of time because this is what they've been conditioned to do this is who they are now they are people they are uh, i mean they're they're the branch covidians is what we, some of us like to call them it's uh, i mean you're still gonna mask toddlers and everything but you also have these adults that are still wearing them in their cars are still double masking outdoors i mean they're just walking it's, it's it, they're not even waiting for a bus they're walking by themselves or uh, they've been on bicycles or segways or whatever wearing masks what, what do you do you really think that that's at this point now we should there's enough data out there showing that masks do virtually nothing and you're only wearing them because you are Linus Van Pelt, and that's your blanket. That's your safety blanket, is your mask, because you think it works. Well, Tony, uh, I read a study that said... They... No, no, you didn't. They don't update. By the way, they, they never update their science. The, sci the, the people who claim to follow the science, and science is effing awesome, and or no, it's a, I effing love science. I love that. They never update them. Then you have Bill Gates, who was a huge vaccine pusher. So now that the vax mandates are going away everywhere, that happened March 1st, especially a lot of venues that were, oh, you got to have proof of vaccination. Now nah, they're not doing that anymore because everybody else got sick. Here's Bill Gates. To, to kick off, actually, and get a bit of a scene center from Mr. Gates, because this is, I know, a topic that you've spoken on. February of 2022. You were ahead of the curve. Head of the Prior curve. to the beginning of this pandemic, where would you assess where we are today in beating COVID-19? <laughs> well, the, uh, you know, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. And it's done a better job of getting out to the world population uh, than we have with vaccines. If you do uh, sero surveys in African countries, you get well over 80% of people uh, have been exposed either to the vaccine or uh, to various variants. And so, you know, what that does is it means the chance of severe disease, which is mainly associated with being elderly and uh, having obesity or diabetes, those risks are now dramatically reduced because of that uh, infection exposure. And 
you know, it's sad. We didn't do a great job on therapeutics, you know, only here two years in. Wait, wait, we didn't do a great job on therapeutics. That's because you didn't focus on therapeutics. Your job is to try to get people vaccinated. Your job is to try to get the cure before you get the treatment. Isn't that kind of a little, little backwards from what we normally did is, hey, we need to find this cure, but here are therapeutics in order to help the business. Isn't that like what's going on with HIV right now? HIV and AIDS is we've we've had PrEP. PrEP has been available now where, okay, it's not the cure, but it's going to really, really help you. And we've gone a long way when it comes to research to try to find a vaccine for AIDS. Instead, we said, no, here's your cure, but we're not going to work on therapeutics, whether it was <coughs> ivermectin <coughs> or any of those kind of drugs. And then interesting. And then interesting. Uh, let's continue with, uh, you know, Mr. Science, you know, the world's greatest doctor, Bill Gates. Do we have a, a good therapeutic uh, vaccines? It took us two years to be in oversupply. Today, there are more vaccines than there was. By the way, you notice what he just said there. He said vaccines are a therapeutic. Isn't that funny? Because uh, they were never supposed to be therapeutics. He just admitted everything. That the vaccine, because it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, you're still going to get COVID. If you haven't gotten it now, you will get it. He is admitting it right now that it's nothing more than a therapeutic. And for vaccines. Uh, and, you know, that wasn't true. And next time we should try and make it instead of two years, we should make it more like six months, uh, which yeah. certainly, uh, you know, some of the standardized platform approaches, including mRNA, would allow us to do that. So, you know, it, it took us a lot longer this time than, than it should have. So basically... Essentially, what he was saying there is Omicron probably did a better job than the vaccines did in order to getting people vaccinated or at least people getting their herd immunity. Oh, wait, we're not allowed to say herd immunity, even though I was saying that as early as 2020. It's incredible. And then, um, but then also talking about the usefulness of vaccines. Here's an interesting ad admission by Rochelle Walensky. Could we have improved? Um, well, you know, I think I can tell you where I was when the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective on the vaccine. So many of us wanted to be hopeful. So many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out, right? Now we're done. Um, so I think we had perhaps too little caution and too much optimism um, for some good things that came our way. I, I really do. I, I think all of us wanted this to be done. Nobody said waning when, when you know, mm -hmm. oh, this vaccine's going to work. Oh, well, <laughs> maybe it'll work, it'll wear off. Um, nobody said, well, what if the next variant doesn't, it doesn't, it's not as potent against the next variant. Interesting. Interesting. So basically, when they said that the vaccine is 95% uh, it, 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 you know, its efficacy is 95%. Um, they basically, that was just a hopeful number. It's just hope, but we're just hoping and praying right now. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? When the CNN feed came that it was 95% effective, the vaccine, so many of us wanted it to be helpful. And so many of us wanted to say, okay, this is our ticket out. But then they still got millions of people to take it and fired people and excluded them from society and breaking up friendships, relationships, partnerships just because of this over something that you were just hoping that it was going to work.
the way you wanted it to. Oh, it's 95% effective. Well, then we realized that the waning efficacy of this vaccine went way down pretty quick. And that's why we're saying, no, we need third boosters, fourth boosters, every six months, every four months. By the way, you notice they're not saying any more about boosters right now. It's because everybody got Omicron. We're kind of getting back to normal. Interesting. Interesting. It's all very interesting. So where are we at right now? As I'm turning the corner and wrapping up the podcast here in a few minutes. So what ended COVID? What ended where we're at right now? Ultimately, the biggest thing is Omicron. When Omicron, which was more transmissible, like significantly more transmissible than the Alpha variant, and even Delta. Delta was way more than than Alpha, and then Delta Plus and everything, and then now this one, way more than Delta. But you weren't dying of it. You got the sniffles. You got a cough for a day. Some people didn't even lose taste and smell. So they got through that. Then you had the Canadian truckers in February. Honk, honk complaining about mandates. Many of them, I think it was 85% of them, had been vaccinated. But they changed the definition of anti-vaxxer. Someone who's anti-vaxxer is not just somebody who says that they are anti-all vaccines, but they are anti-vaccine mandates. So you can be somebody who's gotten your vaccines and you got your booster, but you don't think people should be forcing it upon others. That makes you an anti-vaxxer now. Well, that's according to the dictionary, which is proven to be a very left-wing outlet. That's wrong. That shouldn't have been happening. Um, And then, of course, now they're blaming Putin. They're blaming for for everything that's going on right now. When they weren't blaming Trump, because they can't really blame Trump too much right now because he's not president. He's not really doing anything but sending spam emails like 65 times a day. And he's not on any social media. Um, So they're blaming Putin. And it's Ukraine. It's the, it's the conflict in Ukraine. It's because Putin is invading Ukraine that uh, gas prices are $7 right now. And it's because of Putin that this and that. But as that's gone on, and as all your favorite people, that I, I talked about this the other day on my Patreon podcast, is you have the what they call the NPCs, non-playable characters that you see in video games. So those people who are video game characters, but you can't play them. Like if you're playing Grand Theft Auto and you see the hooker <laughs> that uh, that you you know you rob from her and you beat her with a baseball bat, not just that's just in the game. No one's playing that hooker right there, or just anybody, and that's who these people are. You're just told what to think and feel. You're told to wake up at this time and you're told that this is what your opinion on the government should be and COVID and vaccines and uh, isn't it funny how all those same people that claim to be medical uh, professionals the last couple of years are now all of a sudden professionals when it comes to overseas conflicts and geopolitics. Really interesting. It's just the same people. Same people know how to do that. It's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's happening right now. And as, as the focus has been on Ukraine and those same N- NPCs who put, uh, you know, hashtag mask up, hashtag stay home, stay safe, hashtag masks save lives, hashtag I got my COVID-19 vaccine, hashtag I got my COVID booster. We're also the same people who said hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag trans this, and hashtag Blackout Tuesday, and hashtag this, and hashtag that. We're also the same people now have a little Ukraine flag in their profile picture right now. 
The people who claim to hate Nazis don't realize there's a lot of Nazis in Ukraine right now. But anyways, that's besides the point. So essentially what ended COVID in a lot of ways and dropped these mandates and everywhere else is Omicron, the tr uh, Canadian truckers, honk honk, and Putin. And that's where we're at two years later. But it's not over right now. And you notice that they're – where's Fauci even? Where's Fauci? I saw a meme that said, missing. Have you seen this man? His name is Anthony Fauci, age 81, height 4'2", weigh 115 pounds, last seen on TV lying to the American public. Contact the FBI, CDC, CNN, and MSNBC if found. It's funny. It's obviously a funny joke. Um, but the, the, the impact that this is having on society is not going to go away. This is two years that people have been living this way, where they're hiding in their homes and they're wearing gloves and they're wash they're washing their groceries and they're baking their mail. Like I saw this, people putting their mail in the microwave because they thought COVID was on it. And we knew pretty quickly that's not how it was transmitted. What people have been living there, you know, those are the same people who claim to know about the science. Oh, it's a science. I follow the science, folks. Not like everybody else. And the impact we're going to have going forward is immeasurable right now. Uh, John, uh, Jonathan Pago, Pegao, I think his name is. I, I don't remember. Mask mandate lifted in schools for my three kids after two years. Almost no one removed their masks. I asked if the kids are afraid of COVID. My children said no. Almost all of them have had it by now. This is just how they are. And Jordan Peterson says this is the new normal. We'll see We'll see to what degree the mandates and the campaign of fear and bullying increase the prevalence of anxiety, disorders, and depression, to say nothing of intent with the development of language and social skills. That's the big one. This is New York Times here. Do COVID precautions work? Yes, but they haven't made a big difference. And also from the New York Times, it's alarming. Children are severely behind in reading. The fallout from the pandemic is just being felt. We're in the new we're in new territory, educators say. Yeah. Yeah, it is new territory, all right. This is what you have. What do you do when you're society? You think that we're just gonna bounce back to normal? Hey guys, we're lifting, take your masks off, free your faces. Yay, we're gonna drop, slowly drop the mask and the vaccine mandates, everything. And think there's not going to be a societal problem going forward. You don't think that there's going to be a fallout psychologically, not even physically, psychologically, that people have been conditioned the last couple of years to live this way. And how many times do we have to say this about protecting the children? We didn't protect the kids psychologically. You protected them by keeping them away from their friends, not sending them to birthday parties, shutting down trampoline parks, and, and, and just doing normal things. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it could even be high school students. You know, I felt bad for one of my coworkers, my old boss and one of my coworkers, his kid was a senior in high school two years ago and he never had a prom. He never had a, a, a true graduation. I think they did it at a drive-in movie theater where people honked as applause I never want to do that. Like, I'm not doing Zoom comedy shows, and I'm certainly never going to do a drive-in comedy show. But think about a drive-in graduation ceremony. You're in your cars, and 
All right, uh, we're going to call up Anthony James Mazur. And I have my mask on, and I wave to the cars in the audience, and I get my diploma six feet away, of course, from the principal and the superintendent and the head of the school board. Yeah, okay, great. He never had a prom, never had a real graduation. And that is going to play an impact. I mean, it's kind of a fun story that you can tell decades from. It's like, oh, remember your prom? It's like, no, no, didn't have one because of COVID. We didn't have a normal life. Didn't have a normal life. And it's going to play an impact. He didn't have a senior baseball season. So they they did like one wrap-up in the summertime of playing a game. That's it. Oh, we have one game. We couldn't play baseball for all, oh, so many months. All the cages are closed and couldn't do anything. They were shutting down ball fields. Because, again, you know, we're trying to protect people. So we're going to keep you being fat and staying at home and sitting on your couch the whole time. It's, it's, it's amazing what this is going to have right now. People who fell off the wagon. I mean, there, there's more people who are dying of deaths of despair from alcoholism and drugs and suicide under the age of 70 even under the age of 18, this is happening. And you're going to tell me it has nothing to do with the COVID restrictions. I remember there was a story of, an, of a hockey player that he said he committed suicide because he couldn't play hockey. He couldn't see his friends. And we're supposed to look at that and go, huh, well, you might have been troubled. Oh, well, keep wearing your masks, though. Keep shutting society down. You feel good about yourselves, people? I want to talk to a couple of my friends about this who were so heavy on, look, we need 15 days to flatten the curve. Just wear your mask. Uh, vaccines are good. We need to do this, this, and this, and this. How do you feel right now? Kids are so far behind with development. You're talking about toddlers. Kids who, who are five years old who don't remember life before all this madness. That this is their new normal of wearing masks, of being afraid of germs. That wasn't the case. Growing up when I was five, if you got sick, you got sick. And that's what we have right now. Good job, people. Way to go. Way to ruin society for kids. But, you know, they're all about ruining society and, and pushing their agenda on children. <sighs> Jay Bhattacharya had a funny tweet. He said, I'm taking stock of the science. And here's what I've learned the past two years. Lockdowns are the way to eradicate a highly infectious virus. There's no such thing as immunity after recovery from infection. Informed consent is antiquated. It's always the public's fault. Who knew? It's, just, it, it's funny because obviously it's all fake. But here we are. It's mid-March 2022. And everywhere you go except for the airport, they're dropping their COVID measures. Restrictions. You know why? Because we focused on something else. That's why Fauci is resorting to being on local television and doing podcasts behind paywalls. I think he was on a thing called Woke AF. Where's Fauci? He's going to slowly go into retirement or they're going to force him because if he starts talking about masks again. Now, now why is this? Let's, let's wrap this. Let's put a big bow on this right now. Because I said, what ended COVID? Omicron ultimately ended COVID. The Canadian truckers ended COVID. Putin is blamed for everything. But why? 
Why did this stop? Why is this happening right now? Because there is an election coming up in November, and they cannot keep this going. This all started in October and into November of 2021. What was going on? It's because you messed with parents. You're messing with parents. You're, think about what happened in Loudoun County in 2021, that you had, a, you had a girl, a 13-year-old girl who was raped by a boy who identified as a girl and did it at a couple of schools too. And the dad got really mad you know, because his daughter was raped. And what, what did we do? It's, oh, he's unruly. These parents, these parents, I tell you, domestic terrorists because they're making a, a big to-do at these school board meetings. And Merrick Garland has to uh, say that these, these parents in these schools are domestic terrorists. When in reality, he was mad because his daughter was raped. How, how, how dare you? How dare you people? So the Virginia governor's race. Now you say, what does this have to do with COVID? Well, it has to do with parents. And when Glenn Youngkin, the Republican, in a state that's mainly red except for Loudoun County and all around D.C., it's a mainly red state in Virginia, but it goes blue because of population. Glenn Youngkin, he runs for governor as, I don't want to say he's a Trump, he's almost like more of a DeSantis type of governor against somebody who was the governor before. And when you had um, uh, when you had Terry McAuliffe as the governor before, and then he's running again, and when talking about schools, ultimately was saying the parents should have no say in what their kids' education would be like, whether it's talking about crit critical race theory, critical gender theory, which is what that don't say gay bill they're talking about. It's like, no, it's not don't say gay in school. It's, hey, probably not a good idea to teach uh, teach about uh, queer lifestyles and pegging and all this other stuff in for five-year-olds. We shouldn't be teaching five-year-olds who we have sex with at night. That's all they're saying. It's not a don't say gay bill. That's just how, how left-wing media has been spinning that. But that was what was going on in Virginia. And when Terry McAuliffe really opened the doors and said, yeah, no, parents shouldn't have a say in, in their kids' education or what would have happened. You even had a lot of a, a lot of Democrat parents going, no, 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 no. You don't tell me about how to raise my child. And that changed, that changed Virginia. And it's going to change continuously now. That's why they have to start dropping these mandates in schools and reopening schools without masks and reopening them full time instead of Zoom school. The truancy rate of Zoom school. I mean, there's a whole South Park bit about it where Cartman's, his, uh, he, he could sit, sit around playing video games the whole time. And he, he would go on Zoom on his tablet or his iPad. And uh, uh, looks like Cartman's having some problems. We're going we're gonna to check back in with him in just a little bit. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Two years that we've been dealing with this right now. But it's, it seems like it's wrapping up, unless, of course, it ends up becoming politically viable again. But I, I got to say, Democrats are going to get their butts whipped in November. They are going to get destroyed because they've cheered on the teachers' unions. They favor teachers' unions over the schools and, and, and the, the children. And, and, you know, Democrats have favored 
lockdowns, restrictions, um, you know, uh, uh, radical groups, and that's and it's all related. It's all what we've deal, dealt with in the last two years. And Democrats are going to have a real awakening that they're, they're going to have to regroup for 2024, whether it's with Biden as president or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg or whoever else is they're going to pluck because they're cruising for a bruising in November if they're going to continue this. So that's why they had to start dropping a lot of these mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and um, the OSHA mandate and everything like that had to get dropped, had to get dropped because otherwise it's like if we do this, nobody's going to vote for us. Who's going to want to support this? Good job, people. But the psychological, I mean, kids are behind with their development because they, you know, kids need to see like visual clues with what is going on, what they're talking about. And when you're just masking everybody uh, and, and treating everybody as just nothing more than NPCs, this is life. This is life for kids. So now, now we're going to have to reteach kids what normal life is going to be. How about that? Good job. Good job, people. Way to go. Way to go, Dr. Fauci. And I'm going to wrap it up when I say this right now. I'm very angry with somebody like Fauci and people who cheered on restrictions and, and lockdowns. The biggest thing is the lockdowns. Um, and especially lockdowns at the beginning, but then the lockdowns of, you know, well, oh, you could protest for George Floyd, but you can't go to Chili's. And my grandmother passed away in February. And it's it, it, not fun. Obviously, you don't want to lose your grandparent. But I saw my grandma twice in two years. Once was at my first wedding. and She was all freaked out. I, I get it. She's in her 80s and stuff. But she did also want to see her grandson get married. Finally, found the right woman. And then the second time I saw her was the day after this past Thanksgiving. And she had been slipping deeply with dementia. And, and her health had gone down. I mean, this was a woman who got, for her 69th birthday, she treated herself to a knee replacement. And she was pretty active. She was going to curves. She was, um, you know, she was never overweight or anything like that. Tried to eat pretty well. Then when the COVID stuff happens, now again, I understand with risk assessment, my grandma was, it just turned 85 after she, she had passed, she was a month into being 85 years old. And she had a fall and fell a couple of more times and eventually passed away in mid-February. And, but it, it angered me because they scared a lot of people like my grandparents about COVID that you couldn't do anything. I mean, my, my grandfather actually said this. He, he said that he had heard somewhere that if somebody has COVID and is outside and coughs, that it can swirl and stay in the air for upwards of nine hours. Where on God's green earth did you hear that? Who did? Who said that? Oh, I don't. I heard it somewhere. I heard on. I heard on TV. Heard somebody say that. So that's what they believe, and they believe that the rest of the time. And they scared so many people to the point where there were a lot of people that were. You know, they stayed home and they didn't see their their families. And you also have a lot of grandparents that would say, "I would risk COVID. I would risk getting and dying of COVID if I can see my family." And instead, they're stuck in hospitals. They're stuck in assisted living facilities by themselves. No visitors. Maybe we can do something where you can wave through a, a, with your mask on through the window. That's sad. 
That was sad what we did to society. How many people died lonely that they couldn't see their relatives in the hospital? There were a lot of deaths of despair with old people too because they died of broken hearts. They died because they felt that there was nothing else to live for. Oh, I can't see my family. What's the point of living right now? And almost willed themselves to die. And that's on Fauci. That's on Joe Biden. That's on Rochelle Walensky and Mike DeWine. I'm saying, I'm going to say it right now. You have blood on your hands because of that. And that what you have done to society, I hope you're all, I mean, all, you know, I, I would like you to be tried for, for treason and war crimes because of that. But ultimately, I just hope you're not voted out of office. You're just gone. That's it. That is that it's just what they've done to society in just two years. So now you have inflation. And they were blaming inflation on, oh, it's corporate greed. It's this and that. It's like, well, you incentivize people to stay home for two years. You incentivized unemployment. Then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, by the way, gas prices are $7. Oh, it's Putin's fault. It's all Putin. It's all Putin. Everything was COVID. Everything, it's like, oh, you know, inflation's going up. Oh, you know, COVID. It's COVID's fault. It's COVID. You know, if we just all get vaccinated, wear a mask, that must be over. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's not going to be, and it wasn't. But good job. Nice. The history books will show, and by, and by the way, here's the problem with, when I talk about the history books. So I'll leave on this one. Don't let the memory hole the COVID stuff. They're either going to do two things right now, because I don't write the history books. McGraw-Hill probably will write the history books. Who knows? What other woke corporation is going to do this? They're going to talk about the time in the early 2020s about this virus, this, this called COVID-19, and it swept through the population. And you're either going to get, you're probably going to get this. This is what's going to happen. They're going to say that the lockdowns worked, that lockdowns worked and masking worked and vaccines worked and everything was great. And the only reason that it continued for a couple of years instead of six months is because People just weren't getting vaccinated. People weren't wearing their masks. People were just not staying home, that we needed to lock down and hunker down in our hallways, or I mean, in our homes, I saw hallway, that we needed to hunker down in our homes and that this is what it was going to be. And if it wasn't for Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, that we would have been back to normal way, way, way earlier. And there was so much needless death that was happening in Florida and Texas. We're not gonna mention what was going on in New York and California and, uh, a lot of other blue cities. We're just only going to mention that Florida was just the worst place ever before it and why it wasn't under control. And my big thing is, just like with memory holing, like, remember Waukesha? Remember remember the, the guy, the Black Lives Matter guy who drove through a parade during before Christmas of people and killing upwards of 10 people and injuring dozens? Yeah, they, they went away, like, pretty quick. Don't let them memory hold this. Don't make, don't, don't let them go, like, Oh, yeah, that's right. That did happen. Hey, guys, guys, we're focusing on Ukraine right now. We're focusing on Russia. It's Putin's fault. Everything's Putin's fault. That's why I spent this whole podcast talking about this COVID stuff, because I I don't want you to forget about what they did to society and what they did to you personally. And don't let them write the history books showing that Florida was Florida bad, DeSantis bad. Um, Natural immunity doesn't exist. Vaccines work. COVID was the most dangerous thing ever, and uh, Joe Biden saved us, and everything. Don't let them do that. Don't let them do that. You know what you should let them do? You should let them 
you let them talk to the point where people are not going to elect them anymore. And that's where we that's that that's basically where we have it right now. So well, that's it from me. Done an hour and 35 minutes of straight talking. Haven't even no edits, nothing. And I appreciate you folks for listening to this podcast. And if you're listening for free, well, I also have a Patreon where I do a lot of stuff like this. I don't talk as much COVID as much anymore right now because there's not as much. But I had to on this anniversary. That's why I did this. So I, I thank you so much for listening to this. Again, I know it's like a it's like a Joe Rogan type of podcast doing over an hour and a half, but had to get this all off my chest. And if you listen on Patreon and you're a little bit tired of the COVID stuff, this is probably the last big podcast I talk about COVID until they, well, they'll probably they probably reinstitute things down the road and make you wear masks from October to April because of the flu or something or the next variant, the pie variant, the you know, yeah, the whatever, the Zeta. I, I don't know. I don't know Greek numerals. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Again, if you want to subscribe to my podcast, five dollars a month at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, T-O-N-Y-M-A-Z-U-R. Otherwise, these podcasts will come out free every Wednesday until I decide I don't want to do podcasting anymore. But this is, this is the new talk radio. Thanks again, and uh, have yourselves a wonderful, if you're listening on Patreon, have a great weekend. If you're listening for free, have a great rest of the week and into your weekend. I'm out of town currently on vacation to Florida, and I'm not going to get myself involved in fentanyl and the cocaine that's apparently having a big problem down there right now so take care and have yourselves a wonderful whenever you're listening to this (laughs) 